the anxiety is actually in the events that we think are going to happen that almost always never happen. So the anxiety is created in the future tripping of us believing that something's going to happen that never ends up happening, which is why bringing myself back to that present moment is super helpful. I got to tell you, in raising my daughters, there are so many things that I thought I was doing to empower them. And like really what I was actually doing is perhaps keeping them small or stuck. Uh, So much of the way that we show up for our girls, the words that we use, um, the activities that we take part in together, there are so many ways that we have in the moment real-time opportunities to uplift and encourage them and to set them up with confidence. And sometimes we just need like our village, right? We need um, someone to show us the way. Well, I've created something and it's called the 10 Day Empower Her Challenge. It's completely free and it's 10 simple, actionable steps that you can take today to empower your girls, to do things with them that are going to reveal their superpowers to them. I want to share this with you. Um, I hope you'll check it out. All of the links that I share are always in the show notes. You can also check it out at www.melodypormorati.com slash empowher. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am looking forward to sharing with you this brand new episode all about how I live with anxiety, and it's definitely a very personal one. Um... And I like to get personal here. I feel like this whole podcasting thing is, it can be quite intimate. And it's an opportunity to talk about the things that so many of us experience that perhaps we don't talk about so much. Um, Perhaps there's a stigma associated with. Uh, And for me, what I feel I'd like to talk about right now is my journey with anxiety and um Just before we start, I do want to say I am not a mental health practitioner. Um, This is simply my experience that I'm sharing. And my hope is always that if I could share something that may be of value to you in some way that you can adopt as your own, uh, or if you could just feel seen and heard and witnessed because you experienced something similar to this, then I've done my job. So um, that is my goal with with today. Um, and I'm going to start with a definition of anxiety. Uh, it is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So... When I trace back to my own childhood, I was definitely experiencing a great deal of anxiety. I didn't know it at the time. You know, it wasn't it wasn't what it is today where thankfully there's so much more um, awareness about mental health and it's something we talk about a lot more. I think there's still so so far to go. Um, but most definitely these are words that are in our vocabulary right now and accessible to all of us, um, but they were not accessible to me as a young girl. And if I really needed to think back to when it began, um, for me, it was, uh, there was a, a long separation for me from my father. 
Uh, as some of you may know, I was born in Iran and then I left when I was three. There was a lot of political unrest happening in the country. And my dad brought my mom and my sister at the time. That was our family. My, my other sister and brother were not born yet. He took us to Toronto to, you know, to put down some roots. Um, we got an apartment. We moved in. He got us settled in. And then he went back to Iran. And we didn't realize it, but we weren't going to see him um, for a little bit over a year. And things there were not good. And it was very scary. And while I didn't know um, the extent to how bad things were, because I was three at the time, um, I could tell, I could sense that something wasn't right because I would see my mom um, crying and emotional and hurting and I could tell she felt very alone and me in that three, four-year-old body, um, I remember bringing her, uh, you know, those like little China tea sets. I would bring her some water in those little China tea sets and like I just remember wishing so so deeply that I could just take away her pain um, when I would see her suffering in that way and you know we there's so much so much of anxiety starts actually in childhood uh, things that we didn't express things that we didn't understand things that we interpreted in a certain way it was the perception of what we saw and when I share these events, there is by no means any level of uh, anger towards anyone in my life. I, I don't look at that time with um, w with anything but the reverence for what it was. That's all. It's what it was, and it helps me to understand who I am right now. So I remember that time, and I remember growing up, and thankfully my father finally was able to leave Iran, and you know we were reunited, and and wow, you know I, I never take it for granted that he was a part of our lives. So that was the beginning, and then as I got older, um, I you know I I just had this imminent um, feeling of nervousness. Now, I didn't express it in that way. It expressed in the form of stomach aches when I was younger. I've shared this story before, but I constantly had stomach aches. I won't walk through the whole thing because I've shared it on this platform many times, but we didn't know what the stomach aches were. I went to many doctors. They all gave me a clean bill of health. And it wasn't until I was in my first psychology class where I learned that the mind-body connection is indeed a very real thing. And that the anxiety that I was experiencing is the reason I had the stomach aches. And um, I learned that if I could make myself feel sick, I could also make myself feel well. And really that class, that, that lecture hall at York University um, in that Psych 101 class is where this whole journey began for me, this journey of... Um, empowerment, learning how to empower myself, learning how to heal myself. That's where it all began. So like if I needed to pinpoint it to anything, I'd say it was that. And I started learning more and more about the mind-body connection. And I started learning about um, the anxiety I was experiencing. And um, so much of that began at that time. So uh how did it represent itself? How did it present itself, the anxiety? Uh, 
at various times in my life. So I, I expressed that in my teenage years and my, you know, in my formative years, it was stomach aches. So once I learned in college about what it actually was, you get to kind of put a different handle on it. You get to do your own research. You get to learn about what your triggers are. You get to learn about um, what the moments are where where you have that feeling of loss of control. Uh, And it presented itself again when my husband and I were struggling with infertility. And it was just that feeling of, I have no control of this situation. And I was trying to control every variable. And I do believe that when you feel out of control, yeah, you account for the variables that you have some influence over, but also recognize the times when you just don't. And I think there's a piece in that. There was a piece in that for me when I was able to say like, okay, I can, I, you know, when it came to the infertility, okay, I can do my injections. Okay. I could show up for my doctor's visits. Okay. I can make sure I'm, you know, getting a walk in each day because that makes me feel calm and grounded. Um, But the rest of it, I can't control the outcome. And that was really very supportive to me. But I definitely do remember in that time, I did end up in the hospital a few times from some acute anxiety attacks where I actually thought I was having a heart attack. Like I literally thought that I, like my heart was going to jump out of my chest And um, it was really, really scary. So that's how anxiety can present itself as well. And sometimes it's not that severe. And for me, I can only remember two or three times in my life where it was actually that severe. Um, But chances are you've experienced that too. And you also thought that it was something else. Now, those heart palpitations that I speak about, I did get them a lot as a child. They weren't so acute that I thought I was having a heart attack, but I now can really realize what exactly it was when I was feeling nervous about something. I had a really, really hard time catching my breath. Like I didn't know if it was my lungs or my heart um, and breathing exercises are something that really helped me as well. So again, why do I share all of this? Because I wonder, you know, Is this something you're experiencing? Does it make you feel like you're less alone? Because so many of us have similar experiences. Now, I'm going to share how it shows up for me. Um, And then I'm going to talk about the coping mechanisms that help me manage the anxiety. Before I do that, um, I want to say something about the anxiety. I don't love saying like, I have anxiety or um, I'm anxious. I'm always anxious. I don't like making the anxiety a part of my personal reality where it becomes so hard to separate from the anxiety. So um, I like to say I experience anxiety. That way it's something that I experience sometimes. It's not something that I have all the time. And just the perception of it and the way I speak about it, I don't speak about it often unless it's with like my husband or close friends. I really don't identify in that way, not because there's any shame in saying that you have anxiety, but for me, something that helps me is to say, I experience anxiety and I know I'm not married to that anxiety and I'm certain that I don't feel anxiety in every moment of my life. Some do. And I know that I don't. I have episodes and times where it shows up more than others, but I don't like to identify as always being an anxious person. Okay, so how does it show up for me? I mean, I'd say one of the biggest ways is at night. 
I either, it's when I'm trying to fall asleep or I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm thinking about something. I'm overthinking it. I'm ruminating on something that already happened. I'm tossing and turning, night sweats, um, wishing something could be different than the way that it was. Um, if my kids are struggling with something, like it really, really shows up for me at night. Um, another time it really shows up for me is if I feel like I'm going to be late for something, if I feel like I'm going to be late for a meeting or we're invited to someone's home and I feel like I'm not going to be there on time. And then I start just like going into this like tizzy of, you know, other people's time is important and me showing up late is me not valuing their time and they've gone you know, out of their way to invite us over and they've been prepared for us at a certain time and us showing up late. What does that say about us? What does that say about how we feel about them? So it really shows up a lot when it has anything to do with time. Um, and, you know, if I, if I think back to growing up, I definitely know that um, time was something that my parents placed a lot of value on and we were never late for anything. And if we were late, we'd be in trouble. Um, and that just still presents itself. And I'm, I'm still working through that one because not everyone's on your timeline, right? Even though I, like I always say to my family, like, and my friend Michelle actually laughs at me all the time because I'm like, the clock is not arbitrary. Like there's a reason for a clock. There's a reason for time. There's a reason for the invite time. There's a reason we set a time for meetings and things like that. Um, just to try to explain my point of view, but not everyone's on the same timeline is what I've come to realize. Um, it also shows up when I'm feeling overwhelmed, like if I've overscheduled myself uh, work-wise, like if I have meetings all day long, the day before I have a lot of anxious thoughts. Um, also, when I've had too many social interactions or I know there are too many social interactions coming up, I am not the person who needs to be out or be surrounded by other people every single day. I really, really value my alone time. Um, and I didn't know that about myself until recent years. So knowing yourself is really half, half the, you know, it eliminates half of the battle and the struggle of it all. Another time that anxiety really presents itself is when I'm at an event and I've just hit my point where I need to get out. Like I'm done. I, I, you know, I've been there for too many hours. I've had a good time, but it's time to go. And I start to get extremely anxious. I, I have a hard time uh, focusing in on what people are saying to me. I have a hard time being present in the conversations that I'm having. And I just like, it's just that feeling of I need to go and I need to go right now. Has anyone experienced that? Another time uh, that the anxiety presents itself is when someone else is driving in the car. So like I'm a passenger in the car. I don't have control over how that person is driving, right? Because like someone else is driving. It's like the ultimate loss of control. Um, it's That's a time when my anxiety is pretty high. Um, and finally, when it presents itself is when I'm worrying about my children and my loved ones. This is a big one for me right now because my daughter's turned 17 yesterday 
And here in New York, um, that means that they can officially drive without an adult. And they like wasted no time. So they turned 17. Both of them went out with the car at different times yesterday. And I found myself just like riddled with anxiety. Like I was like shaking, like I had to I had to really use my coping mechanisms. I had to really step into a mindful place because this is, you know, they will be driving and this is their rite of passage and they have every right to be driving and they've done the driver's classes, they've done it all. And yet still it provides me with a great deal of anxiety. Yay for me. <laughs> so, okay, so these are the triggers, right? Like I'm sharing the triggers with you. Um, and I want you to take a moment to think about what are the triggers for you? What are the times in which the anxiety shows up? Because the more we know about it, the more we befriend these anxious thoughts and anxious behaviors and the anxiety that we experience, the more we know about it, the more we can um, manage it and keep it at bay and find ways to cope with it. And that's really where I want to go with this next, hoping that when I share my coping strategies that perhaps something here you can borrow and use as your own and it might help you in some way. First of all, um, when I have the anxious thoughts, especially when it's at nighttime uh, or even um, when it's like my daughter's driving, right? Like it's like, oh my God, my daughters are going to be driving tomorrow. Uh, I remind myself that my personal power is in the present moment. And I need to bring myself back to the present present moment because if I future trip, if I think about what's going to happen, how's it going to go down, what's next, um, I can you know I could go on for hours creating scenarios that will never actually happen. Right? The anxiety is actually in the events that we think are going to happen that almost always never happen. So the anxiety is created in the future tripping of us believing that something's going to happen that never ends up happening, which is why bringing myself back to that present moment is super helpful. How do we do that? Mindful activities, activities that activate all of our senses, right? Um, Perhaps you are listening to music. Perhaps you're going for a walk, deep breathing, um, doing the things that require you to be so present that you really can't think about the other things that present themselves. So for me, I I also do that. Peace begins with me. We teach this in our workshops. I've taught it to my daughters. It's just a mantra that I continuously speak to myself using my breath. Peace begins with me. Peace begins with me. It always brings me back. Something else that's really helping me is trusting in the universe, surrendering to something greater than myself. Remember in the infertility uh, example I shared that we we account for the variables we can account for and we surrender to something else outside of us because we are not the orchestrators of this entire universe, right? There's so many factors at play. And when I remind myself that that control is not in my hands, and I trust the universe and I believe that the universe does have my back and that all of this is working for the greater good in some level, that brings me peace. What else do I do? I mentioned that social situations, social interactions and events sometimes trigger my anxiety. 
And so um, I take time for myself, a lot of it. Some of us need more than others. Some of us, what helps our experience of anxiety is actually surrounding ourselves by more people. Know thyself, right? Know what works for you. I know for me, it's having my own time. Now that also comes in the form of my work, right? Like the work that I do while we have a community of many women, that's not the... um, That's not how most of my day looks. Most of my day is me and my computer and my mic, um, and I get to decide how the day plays out. So that time for myself fits also along with my work schedule. Another coping mechanism, I remind myself that I'm not a woman who concerns myself with how others see me, right? I am a woman who is more mindful of how my behaviors reflect who I truly am. I seek alignment. Um, I think so often anxiety is caused by having an outside-in approach, like how do others view me? What will others think of me? What will others think of what I said, what I did, how I behaved? Um, You know, all of that. And when we remind ourselves that we are not here to live for others and we are here to live for ourselves, it opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Remind yourself, are you a woman who who wants to keep everyone happy and be a people pleaser, because if you are, you'll never please yourself, right? Or are you a woman who wants to be in alignment with who she truly is, dwell in a space of kindness always, but also in a space, like we can be kind and be true to ourselves at the same time. I think as women, so often we feel like um, We can't be kind and also give to others and give to ourselves. But all of those things can be um, working with us at the same time. It's just the truth. For me, yoga also, I have a yoga practice three times a week. When I miss one of those sessions, I feel it. I really, truly do. And so that's how you know something's working. So even if I can't make it to the yoga studio, I am doing my own practice or watching a video. There's so many. There's yoga with Cassandra with a K, yoga with Adrian. These are people that um, helps me through COVID. I practiced with them all the time on YouTube. Um, Shout out to them because they're both so magnificent. Find what works for you. Maybe for you it's meditation. Um, Maybe it's music. Music is always calming to me. It doesn't need to be calming music to calm me. Uh, I love like harder music. I love Guns N' Roses and Metallica and Soundgarden. Um, Those are things that really help to ground me. I limit my news intake because so much of the fear and the anxiety that presents itself for me is about like the tragedy in the world and the accidents and Reminding myself that those are outliers, they really truly are, but also knowing that I do not need to visually and consistently hear and see the news reports um, because they're not helping me be the best version of myself. They're not helping me stay present. They're not helping me show up for my mission or my loved ones. And so I have to limit my news intake, even if that means that sometimes There's a conversation and I feel like I don't know what we're talking about. 
Um, I do read the headlines and I limit the the depth in which I dive into each of these news reports because somehow the 11 o'clock news right before you go to bed is always about the accidents of the day and the tragedies of the day and the problems of the world. And that's just what news is, right? Um, so maybe that will work for you also, like limiting your news intake, like how many touch points do you need to the news report daily? I also take a, a, a life is short mentality. Like so often my fears are of something happening to myself or to my loved ones. And what will happen if that happens? I think, I think that's a very natural fear that we all experience. But I try to kind of flip it on its head with a life is short mentality. So like if things come up that excite me, I don't pass them up. Like if a con- if there's an opportunity for a concert, so often I would say like, I'm not going to do it or I'll go next year. I'll go. And for so many reasons, I've made a decision that I'm not doing that anymore. First, there was like the death of Chris Cornell, who's one of my favorite artists. And I never saw him live. And I'm like, why did I? Pa-? And I literally had so many opportunities to see him live. But I was always like, no, like the variables of working it out and getting there and who I'm going, like those things would stress me out. And now I'm like, life is short, like let's go. COVID also, like two years of not really being able to do things like that regularly. Now I'm like, let's go. Like, how do I sign up? How do I get there? I'm going. Like this year alone, I think I have like six concerts already on the calendar because those bring me joy. And I'm like, life is short. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Um, And finally, therapy. So I think therapy helps so many people who experience anxiety. I have been in and out of therapy since, I want to say since I was like 17 years old. It hasn't been the best thing for me, which is why I'm not consistently in it. Perhaps it's because I haven't found the right therapist. Perhaps it's, you know, um, it's not the modality that's that's helping me today. I do want to say that I do have a lot of trusted people in my world that I speak to. So it's not like I'm keeping things bottled up and I'm never sharing. Um, that I have a lot of coaches in my circle who I speak to. We have like coaching circles or if like there's something on my heart that I need to um, work through, there are people that I can literally call on demand. So I, I want to say that. So therapy hasn't necessarily worked for me. Doesn't mean it won't work for you. Um, what I do encourage is seeking outside support. These things do take a village and figuring out what your village looks like. My village looks like my best friends. My village looks like my husband. My village looks like my yoga instructor. My village looks like the coaches that I have. My village looks like podcast episodes that can shed um, clarity to what I'm experiencing and not make me feel alone. So you get to figure out what that village looks like. And I encourage you to do so Because if you're struggling or suffering in some way, you don't need to do it in silence. You don't need to do it alone. I've shared my coping mechanisms. They may or may not be ones that work for you. And I don't want you to think that um, you should only try those. Like, Get creative. Think outside of the box. Ask yourself, what do I need right now? What will bring me some element of healing today? 
Um, nobody knows you better than yourself and nobody can deliver it to you better than you can for yourself. And that doesn't mean you have to be the deliverer of it, but it does mean that you have to be the one to seek the support that will deliver the healing that you need. I love and appreciate you all so much. Thank you for hanging out with me for this very personal episode. I'm so glad that I could share about it. It's it's cathartic and therapeutic and healing to me to be able to do that. And again, um, I hope that in some way it served and supported you. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, what you thought of this episode, how it may have served and supported you. And if you have coping mechanisms that you want to share with me that perhaps are not part of my everyday routine, I'm so here for it. Shoot me an email. um, Check me out on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment. Let's connect. Let's chat. That's the beauty of this amazing, amazing community that we have all created together. I'm sending you a whole lot of love and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for your listenership. If you love what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a five-star review and subscribing to the show so that you don't miss an episode. These reviews are so very helpful to us and we are so grateful for each and every one of them. If you'd like to hang out with us on Instagram, give us a visit at Girl Life Empowerment. Can't wait to see you there.